Welcome to Showcasing a Member, the Toowoomba Chambers podcast series, which we've been running since earlier this year. And today we're delighted to have uh, Grant and Dave from Ackland Mines. So welcome, guys, and welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Great to be here. Grant. No worries, Grant. You can be, show me a bit more enthusiasm. So this is going to be a good one, I can tell from the start. So, uh, so guys, you're Platinum Sponsor members of the Chamber, which we thank you and appreciate that you've been long-standing supporters of the Chamber. The Ackland Mine, the, cha- the Chamber has been very clear on its position on Ackland Mine. But before we get into sort of some of the details of the business support or the contribution it makes, can you tell us a bit about the history of the Ackland mine, way back when? Way back when, well, um, yeah, I mean, there's been mining around Ackland for a long, long time. There's been mining in the Oakey District since uh, the 1890s. The majority of it was underground, small underground mines, hand mining and a lot of small little pits, and they used to supply to the, to the steam locos that went through the district. And that's kind of morphed over time, got more mechanised and larger, but always underground. And in 1984, I think it was, the, the Ackland Underground finally closed. So that was the last of the active mines in the area at that point in time. Uh, and in 2002, New Hope Group started the new Ackland mine. Uh, and we went open cut at that point in time. So a bit of a change in the mining methodology. But um, you know, we, we started there at Ackland and we've actually now dug through one of the old Ackland undergrounds, which has been a really interesting experience. Found some great you know, historical artifacts, some old newspapers, um, old, old Common Cause magazines, which is the CFMEU's uh, publication they used to put out. You know, old handmade brick stoppings and, and lots of timber and old railway carts and all sorts of things. So you know, the mining history in Ackland is a long one and, um, and it's been a, a coal mining town for a long, long time. And we we kind of see Ackland being a coal mining town for a lot longer yet. And so what was the reason was a big break from the, whatever, the 80s to the 2000s? What was the, is it, is it the nature of the coal or the deposit or what's the, what's the specific yeah, reason? Yeah, it's driven by the deposit. So um, our coal seam is, is, um, is quite complex. So there's a lot of bands of coal and rock um, where traditionally you, you look at the larger scale mining operations, it's big, huge seams of coal. So easier to get to. And the lease was owned by a large mining, international mining company at that point in time, and they just weren't interested in doing that small-scale, picky kind of mining. And that's something that New Hope has done for a long time, came out of the Ipswich coalfield, so had expertise in, in working that kind of deposit. So you know, New Hope snapped it up, saw a great business opportunity and, and got stuck in. So there was a bit of a hiatus there for a while, um, and it was really around the deposit and, and whether or not it could be done economically. And, and we've shown that we can do it economically and, and we can run a, a really tight ship out there. I suppose uh, I've been doing this a bit lately. I, I probably should uh, declare a conflict for the record, given uh, uh, we all know in this room that my uh, father was the second last, um, as he pointed out to me. Once I got it wrong, I thought he was the last underground manager out there. And I grew up in that little, that beautiful little town. So just for the record, there's the conflict. So what happens, so what's the next part of the story, you know, for New Ackland? Are you just in a holding pattern for now? You just go through the process? We are in a bit of a holding pattern. Unfortunately, we've actually seen a reduction in our workforce. So in September last year, we went through a redundancy program. We halved our workforce and that was really tough to see. You know, that was 150 good men and women that had been working for us for a long time, lost their jobs through that process. And, and that was just us not having the ability to continue on as a full-scale operation while we still wait on our approvals. And we continue to wait on our approvals. We're very hopeful that we'll, 
we'll get them um, in time. But the continuity of our business now is is kind of stifled waiting on that approval. So, you know, we're really hopeful that we'll get that approval in, in good time. And and once we get that approval, we've got all our plans in place to ramp back up. You know, there's jobs to be had. We can keep pumping money into the local economy around the Oakey area and the district in general and get back to a full-scale operation. Now, we want to be a 5 million tonne product operation uh, again, um, and, and that's where we want to be. So let's, uh, that's a good lead on to jobs, yeah, uh, and local jobs and local economic impact. Yep. I'll put to the side, we want to talk about the broader impact, not just locally, but the na- nationwide. Yep. So let's just talk about, can you give us some examples of the local business or the local job impact? So what was your, so for example, what was the most people you had employed? If you were at full capacity, how many jobs would you have at the mine? Well, before we did the redundancies last year, we had 320 full-time employees and we're down to about 150. At the end of this month, another 25 go, so we'll be down to 125. So, you know, lots of, lots of just, you know, straight-up jobs left and that was our employees, but there was knock-on effects there as well. So, um, Orica, who supply our blasting, uh, they downsized. Um, Cube, that do our haulage down to John Derry, and they downsized as well at the same time. So, even though we talk about the jobs that we directly lost as a mine, there's lots of jobs that knock on from that. You know, things like our live vehicles are serviced in town at Oakey at, at, at Black Toyota there. So we've just got less vehicles that we need to service now. So there's a knock-on effect there. You move down the rail line, there's loco drivers. So we're not putting as many trains down the, the line as well. So there's less loco drivers, there's less maintenance personnel in, in the, the, um, the Horizon workshops um, at the port. So we put our coal through the Port of Brisbane and they've recently done a downsizing there as well because there's just not enough coal going through there to keep everybody employed. So the, the, the effect of changing you know, 150 jobs inside the gate for us as, as New Hope Group or New Ackland Mine um, has a massive flow-on effect through the local area and even further afield. So there's been a lot of job losses through the entire supply chain as a result of... Uh, the trials and tribulations of getting uh, the, this final bit of um, work through. So how many, we understand that there's across the board, there's been job losses in the supply chain. Um, how, many, how many people would uh, the Ackland Mine employ locally on site? As a, just, let's just start that as a starting point. Well, 100% of our workforce is local. So, so 100% yeah, of... Yeah, we, we, um, we don't provide any accommodation, so we don't have a camp. We don't do fly in, fly out. Um, so everybody that works at our mine site goes home every day, um, home to their family um, every day. Uh, and, and that's important to us. That's, that's kind of our DNA as a mine site is we want our employees to be able to go home every day. We, we feel it, it provides a better work environment. Um, so, you know, we, we do tend to recruit locally. And, and because we don't provide any accommodation, if someone does come from outside, they'll move into the district. So they'll live in Oakey, they'll live in Dolby, they'll, they'll pick up accommodation somewhere. Um, and an example of that is we, about two years ago, we did uh, a campaign to bring on six trainees uh, and they were training people from um, having no operating experience to, to operating heavy mining equipment. Uh, and we needed six and we had 350 applicants for those jobs. Wow. So, you know, there's lots of people in the local area, local area that are interested in, in being part of our team. And it's really great to, to see that when we do those kind of campaigns to know that people want to come and work for us. Uh, and they're keen to get in and, and have a go. So, you know, we'll, we'll continue to do that. We want to have locals working for us, whether they're 
living in Oki or the surrounding areas or, you know, working the land and getting a supplementary income on the mine site, um, we just feel that, that that kind of workforce is more conducive to a good mining operation. The big thing with that too is 300 workers there is 300 families that live locally, their kids go to school locally, that brings teachers to town. They go and have their coffees at the, at the local cafes. They shop locally, so that's the big knock-on effect and that's the ripple effect that you, in the reverse when we're losing those jobs that we see that negative ripple. Yeah, and I think um, we often forget about that, don't we, the, uh, the ripple effect on um, small business from a major employee in town uh, or within the region um, and what it means for the guy who runs the coffee shop, uh, the local butcher, uh, the candlestick maker, all those things. And we and we often get caught up in, we don't look in detail of all those supply chain impacts and all those other people who are impacted on major disruptions to workforces, which I think needs we need to look at and be more mindful of that in the future. But also, what is the value? Have you got a do- dollar value? Uh, has Ackland Mine worked out a dollar value about the local economic contribution? Um, for the Toowoomba region, Darling Downs. Uh, there's been a lot of numbers thrown around over time, and, and I, I won't I won't try and quote any of them. But you know, it's hundreds of millions of dollars uh, every year. It's hundreds of millions of dollars that we're spending. So, you know, that that might be suppliers providing us with goods. It might be people coming to site to do work for us. You know, it's our it's our workforce. So then they go and spend that money in the community. So. The economic impact from the mining operation in the district, uh, you know, close to the mine is is quite large, and then it, there's a ripple effect beyond that as it moves out. So you know, it, it's hundreds of millions of dollars, and then you look at the expansion, uh, the NAC three expansion, and, and you see the the potential benefits of of the you know the construction phase. So it's another a couple of hundred jobs come in during the construction phase, and there's that local spend with local contractors that are doing the earthworks, doing the dams or, or helping out with the earthworks on the rail line. And, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of two phases to it. There's the initial capital outlay of a, a project and an expansion and then there's the ongoing operating of the mine. So I think since 2002, it, it would be a pretty, a, a pretty big number would be, um, you know, dollar value-wise would be what we've spent in the local community. And okay. that's year in, year out. Yeah, annually. annually. Yeah, <laughs> and another fifteen to eighteen years to go if when we get this approval. So, okay, so obviously uh, significant economic benefit uh, locally, and obviously as we just uh, touched on, significant economic benefit to the small business community, which is what our focus is. Um, and it is great to hear. And when you talk about jobs, your commitment to local. Um, you know, that is a big catch cry uh, um, from the chamber to, you know, have that local content. So, so that is um, s- some really uh, impressive statistics um, in that sense. But, you know, your impact is not just locally on the Darling Downs as much as I'd love it just to be that. Your impact economically uh, is really across the nation, right? There's, there's value. So can you describe what, what that type of economic uh, impact is? From your point of view, um, yeah, I think the mining industry in general, particularly here in Queensland, has a really key part to play in the economy. You know, we're a small part of that. We're a small operation compared to some of the big players in the industry or the coal industry. 
but you know mining in general is just so important to this to this state um the royalties the jobs you know that flow on effect you you look at some of the stuff that the QRC puts out um some of the stats and it's it's tens of thousands of jobs that are linked to the mining industry and that's the same for us we talked a little bit about the flow on effect of the job losses last year and you can just see how far and i mean that's a simple chain that's our logistics chain to the port but um you know the 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 knock on effects are far and wide um and the economic effects flow on through as well you know whether it's our employees taking a holiday down at the gold coast and spending their money at the gold coast um or or them or spending it locally so i i think every job's important um whether it's at a mine site whether it's at the bakery or the butcher or the candlestick maker as you said you know every job's important and that's that's all stimulating the economy and i think as as Queensland moves along, you know, coming out of this COVID stuff and all those kind of things, every job's important. And 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 our message at the moment is that we've we've got the opportunity to make more jobs. So we can keep jobs that we've got and we can make more. And and that's going to put more money in locally, it's going to put more money into Brisbane, it's going to put more money into, you know, the Australian economy. You know, with a with an export product. Uh, you know that that's foreign money coming into Australia, and that's really important. Yeah, the chamber's been active, as you know, um, supporting uh, particularly through the COVID nineteen. We actually wrote to the current minister, who won't be the minister, I guess, in a few in a few weeks' time, and asked. This is a great example to create jobs because we know there's been many job losses. We know the employment uh, loss, and we know that jobs from from mental health, and particularly for men, it's part of their identity. So. Surely there's a great opportunity which appears to have been missed in terms of not ensuring that these jobs were secured uh, moving forward. So, so we understand the economic impact locally, uh, nationally. Everyone understands that. So let's talk about community. Been a big talking point. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And engagement with the community. Um, so can you tell me how you've gone about engagement with e first uh, the broader community and then we might touch on um, how the engagement with the, the process you go through with the landowner engagements? Yeah, well, I might throw to Grant to, to give us the details on that. But I, I think from a mine side as the, the general manager out there and, and as a representative of New Hope, I mean, we're really proud to be part of the community and it's something that we 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 work really hard on, making sure that we're, we're in the community, um, we do what we can to, to, to boost the community along and, and just help out. So... You know that that uh, talk about the DNA of our workforce, but that's part of the DNA of our our business. But I'll let Grant, who looks after our community side of things at Oki, there. I'll let him um, fill you in on what we do. Yeah, look, and that's the big thing with New Hope Group. They are they really see themselves as part of the community, not not um, so, and want to give back. So that's our employees giving back as well as financially. So and a broad range of things. Obviously, we've been working with Toowoomba Chamber for many years, but Additionally, we work with the Oki Chamber, uh, being, being a close chamber there, um, and major sponsors with them for things like Santa Fair, which is a really great uh, community initiative where community comes together for for that celebration once a year. Unfortunately, COVID's um, knocked that out for this year, but it's you know those sorts of things are really important. Working with our schools, so um, bringing STEM programs into uh, Oki, the Oki schools, even Toowoomba schools, work experience, having tours through the mine for the students so they really get an understanding and, and first-hand experience um, as to how it all works. It's not just out of a, out of a textbook or as nowadays it's, it's off Google. So, um, 
Well, that's the right answer, isn't it? Google, <laughs> Google always has the right answer. If it's on Facebook, it's true. <laughs> and really getting that partnership, it's not just about throwing a sponsorship out there. We really want to be involved. So, um, you know, we've, we've partnered up with the ag department at Oakey School. We've donated some steers from because secondary to our, our mine, we also run pastoral company. So uh, we've got 11,000 hectares of land that we operate a standalone business, breeding so, cattle. So you're farmers as well? We're farmers as well. So so we, we've worked with those through the drought, donating hay, we've donated steers, and we, the technology that we're using within our own business, we're sharing that with, with the Oakey School, so they actually get some first-hand experience. We rec- we've recently started a, an additional partnership with the trade department in, at Oakey where, where we've donated some old motors for them to work on so that they learn real world and as COVID, COVID restrictions lift, we'll be bringing those students out into the mine so they actually get real life experience. And we really, you know, it's, it's widespread. So and another partnership is, you know, that we've just sort of kicked off really recently is Riding for the Disabled. We really see that that's a, a great opportunity to give back so we're helping their, them with actually personnel to go and put up some fences and that sort of thing. So it's really getting that local workforce and, and their sense of community and sharing it with the company and, and creating some, some really unique outcomes. Nominations and applications are now open for the Focus HR Business Excellence Awards 2020. If you know a local business that excels in an industry, nominate them today. Categories include tourism, professional services, hospitality, retail and more. Don't miss the opportunity to be part of the Toowoomba region's most prestigious business awards. Nominations and applications close October 15th. Nominate today at toowoombachamber.com.au. So, Grant, in 2020, how critical do you think the social responsibility part of any business is? Not just Mine, on all the, clearly the extensive work you do with the community, local schools, uh, with chambers, with uh, a whole range of, you know, non-for-profits. How critical do you think that is in the broader sense? Uh, it's absolutely critical, Todd. And it doesn't matter what, like you say, it doesn't matter what business you're, you're in now. There's expectations from the community to, to look after community, to look after environment. Not doing those is, will just completely hold up any projects or or hold up your business. Um, we're in the age of social media, so absolutely information is so free-flowing, yeah, you've really got to get that connection right. Yeah. It's, not, it's not throwing sponsorships out there, it's actually being part of a community. Yeah, actively being part of the community, uh, actively taking res- you know, that social responsibility stuff as you know, developing communities. But I, th- I agree, it's, it's so critical these days. And every organisation needs to all has that in its in the, large organisations anyway, um, because it's a critical part of their capital, really. And I think Grant, you know, he hit the nail on the head there, where he said it's not just about giving out grants, and we do do grants, you know, to various groups, and we, we've got submissions that flow through all the time on that. But um, it's it's working with the schools. So the STEM stuff, I love STEM. I'm an engineer, so I love getting into the schools and talking to the kids and about the career opportunities and just opening their eyes to what the mining industry is is all about and. Um, you know, that's, that's been great fun for us. We're working with the TAFEs and, and the ag side of things and the manual arts side of things and then exposing, you know, young minds to what the career opportunities are. So, 
you know, our mindset's not just about driving big gear. It's the guys and girls that fix it. Well, that's the, the fun. That's that, fun, right? It's the fun bit, yeah, and blowing stuff up. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the you know, it's the people that fix it. It's the people that do the design work, the geologists, the surveyors, the safety professionals. There's just a huge range of different career opportunities. And you know, I know when I was going through through school. You got to the end of year, or you had to choose subjects at year eleven, and and what were you going to do at the end of year twelve? And you just you're just swimming. You know, yeah. What are you going to do? So, you know, every opportunity we get to get out there and show the kids of Oki or Dolby or Toowoomba or wherever it is about what career opportunities there are in the industry, the the better off the industry is going to be. And you know, the, those those kids are hopefully going to have a, a good start to their professional careers. So, now that's a real key to us is that educational link between the mine and. And um, you know, in the schools or the universities, we've done some great work with universities as well. Yeah, well, it's good to see you know those partnerships with Queensland Education, um, is obviously for the benefit of the kids that you know are going through the, through uh, high school in particular. So um, you do heaps of community stuff. We know, I know that for a fact. Uh, I didn't know all that stuff that you did, so I appreciate that. But obviously, we're teaming up shortly to do our own little work with uh, from digital readiness for the community groups in the area um, and some of the businesses. So that should be, that should be great. Um, so what about, let's talk about the, how, how do you, your process for the land, the, you know, the neighboring landowners, the process, the consultation, um, is that just an, is that just an ongoing dialogue to talk and be open about things that are happening or not happening and so forth? Yeah, it definitely is. And, and you know, the near neighbours are really important to us. Um, I suppose it's like any relationship, if you're not talking, then it's, it's not going to work. So, yeah, we, we do talk to our neighbours a lot uh, and the lines of communication are always open. So we've got things like 24-hour hotlines or, you know, we've got Grant and his team in the Oki office that people can pop in and see if they want to hear about something or know something. So, yeah, that, that communication is really important. And and we work on that all the time, and and just keeping people informed about what the operation's doing. So we have community engagement sessions at John Darien in Oakey. Um, we we do all sorts of stuff, and then Grant and his team. Grant can probably talk a little bit, but they they operate within the community of Oakey uh, and wide around the district as well, and go and do face to face and and, and catch ups all the time. Yeah, we're doing a lot of uh, meetings with with landholders, with farmers that are surrounding the mine. And- and also the, the various community, you know, Gumbungee, McLaggan, and Quinlow. So we cover a fairly wide area. And we go out there and work with the community groups. We work with the, 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 the neighbours and the landholders. And it's, it's all about that communication. It's just letting people know what's going on, um, taking any, any concerns or questions they have and, and getting those answers. So things can be pretty scary if you're not getting, if you're not getting that clear communication and... and so, having that out there, and we're we're as tra- you know we're very transparent. You know, we've had uh, up until this year with with COVID, we we have a monthly tour of the mine. So okay, um, and most of our our neighbours and farmers and, and a lot of community had been through the mine, so they've seen seen it firsthand. So well, let's talk about the mine, right? Because uh, I've been on a tour, uh, and I'm. Uh, the son of a coal miner. Uh, I think uh, Dad probably started about eleven or twelve when he went down the mine in those in those days. I have seen some mine sites in my day. <laughs> um, been on plenty of mine sites, and uh, I just really want to touch on your rehab efforts. 
because I've seen many scars in the landscape that have been sitting there for a, a long time. Um, but I was astounded, and to be probably completely frank, initially in disbelief about the landscape and the photos before and after uh, and the work that Aquamine had done. Can you, can you tell me how important that is, firstly, to the mine operations? Um, and then we might chat about what does that long picture look like? What is that process you do in terms of rehab? Because I think from my experience, from what I've seen, what you guys are doing compared to what I've seen in the past is just chalk and cheese. Yeah, and it is. I think the mining industry, I've been in the industry for, for 20 plus years, but grew up in the industry as well. My old man worked in the um, in the, the mining industry as well. So, so two sons of yeah. coal miners. <laughs> what about you, Granny? <laughs> no, my father was a banker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the mining industry has got a, a history and probably a bit of a legacy that we've left Australia, and it is probably not the best legacy to look at. You know, the industry has always been kind of out in the middle of nowhere and it's been a bit rip tear bust and you know dig your big hole and get out what you needed you know working through uh, western australia and the gold fields when i first came out of university and just those old those kind of remnants the scars and slowly but surely nature's starting to reclaim that stuff you look at what the industry is now you look at a, an environmental authority that would be given out today compared to an environmental authority that was given out 50 years ago if you got one at all it's chalk and cheese so the constraints are just so tight now. It's noise, it's dust, it's groundwater, it's you know social commitment, it's it's the whole gambit. So um, the industry is being forced to change, and I think it's for the good because if we're going to be good, you know, good corporate citizens, I suppose if you want to call it that, then we have to make sure that we're we're not just out there you know putting huge gouges in the countryside. Uh, and I, I think what we've shown out at Ackland is you can do both. So you can you can mine a resource and you can farm the resource at the same time. So we we put our rehab back to grazing country, which is what our environmental authority says that we need to do. And you know, as fast as we can get grass back on there and get it through to the pastoral arm of the business, we do because they can put cattle on it, and the pastoral arm of the business is going to be doing better. And we've had really great success with our rehab and part of the commitment or part of the success of that rehab is from day one. So the first dirt that you turn, you've got to be thinking about what you're doing for your rehab. And if you're not, then you will end up with a big scar in the country or, or a massive legacy at the end. So, you know, we're really proud of our rehab. It, it, does, it does come up really well. The pastoral guys love it. They're working cattle on it uh, full time. Now we've done scientific grazing trials up there to make sure that the, the country holds up and, and the cattle are fit and healthy and, and vice versa on virgin country to, to compare like for like. Uh, and we've proven that our rehab holds up as good as any of the virgin country out there. Uh, it'll, it'll sustain and fatten cattle as, as well as any virgin country out there. Uh, and, you know, our commitment is that we'll continue that, that rehab and we'll drive as hard as we can to set an industry benchmark as well. You know, we, we love it when people from the industry come through and, and kind of go, wow, you know, th this is great, this is what we should be doing, and then they take that away to, to implement into their operations. So, you know, we'll keep driving. Our, our environmental authority for the Stage 3 expansion is tighter again, so we've got to have tighter noise limits, we've got to do more monitoring. Our, our rehab requirements for the final voids change as well, so we'll have to have uh, a more shaped final void that, void that cattle can get in and out of, so it won't just be that square hole in the ground anymore, um, which is which is what the kind of the, the next evolution of environmental authorities is about. So, 
you know, the, the industry is changing. It's a bit of a slow beast, uh, but we, we like to think that we're right at the forefront of what rehabilitation looks like on a, on a, on a mine. I think that really sets New Hope apart in the industry as well, is that it wants to do this innovative work and it wants to, to be a good neighbour and it wants to be a good community yeah. member. It's not just because there's been a condition imposed. Yeah. And we're not just doing it at Ackland either. So if you go down through Ipswich, through the old coal fields of Ipswich, we, we mined coal down there for a long time and you know, Trent and his team that have just finished up at Gibrapilly last year are working on rehabbing final voids and, and some of the legacy stuff down there. Uh, in the Ipswich region, and and it's as good as the rehab you see up here at Ackland. So, um, you know, they're they're returning it to to you know grass country. They're putting cattle on it. They're doing all the same things that we're doing. And then as Ipswich kind of grows and and morphs, you know that that area will probably get taken over with housing development developments eventually. And and we're confident that 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 land can do that without issue. What would be from the rehab perspective uh, or the environmental perspective, what you consider your greatest achievement on that site to date? Oh, look, I think the for me as a as a miner is that you can drive through a coal mine and you can watch cattle grazing. So we've we've got cattle grazing right next to the haul road. We keep our rehab as tight as we can to our advancing face. So you know, for us, it's about getting the country back to productive. Um, cattle country as quickly as we can after mining so you know if we can be three years from having a, a hole in the ground extracting coal to having grass country that cattle's working that, that's a win for everybody and obviously post-european it was always cattle uh out in the ackland area was that the core where the mine was it was basically grazing grant the vast majority is probably grazing yeah. while there was there was probably some opportunity crop Completed, yeah. and there's some dairies. I know that for yeah. a fact. There's a number of dairies in and the old days. And a few piggeries days. out there as well. Oh, and a few yeah, piggeries. A, yeah, a few piggeries out there as well. So uh, there was a bit of a mix over time. Yeah. But as I said, we we're, we're moving it to, or what we we're producing with our EA is is grazing country, um, and and the pastoral guys are on that as as quickly as possible. Yeah, but I think it's good to just note. I mean, there was um, a large chook farm there as well, so it was actually a uh, mixed agriculture, and I think. If if you look back, um, clearly from where we start where we finish where we start, we look at the history of Ackland. Clearly, mining and mixed farming and agriculture have coexisted for over a hundred years. So, um, really, that that tradition is you're proposing and what is continuing. It is, and we're a hundred percent confident that both can can coexist. So we can mine out there. We can run cattle out there. The neighbours can run their land exactly the way they want to run their land. And we're cognizant of their concerns, whether it's groundwater or noise or dust. Uh, and we'll work closely with them to make sure that, um, that everybody is successful out there. Yeah, we can't come out there as the big bad guy and just rip tear bust and do whatever we want. Um, we need to make sure we're following all the rules. Um, and we'll continue to work, work with our neighbours to make sure that happens. I mean, we've been out there since 2002 and, and everybody's still out there. You know, everybody's still working the way they want to work on their patch of ground out there. So we've talked about the history, the local economic uh, benefits and impacts, the broader economic benefits uh, and impacts, your community engagement, you know, your rehab work. Is there any final comments either you would like to provide in terms of uh, the Ackland Mine and uh, small business generally? Um, I think the key message for us at the moment is 
you know, NAC3 approval will secure the jobs that we've got on the mine site uh, and it'll give us the opportunity to expand. So within three months, we're looking at another 180 jobs on the mine site. Um, within two years, you're looking at a full construction workforce and probably peaking over 500 uh, additional jobs there. So the flow and effects to that is, is really important. And, and our commitment to the local suppliers is, is 100%. So we're, we're looking to, to buy local, employ local, um, and, and put the money back into the local economy. So that, that's our key message. NAC3 approval means securing jobs means more jobs and it's better for everybody. Great. And adding on to that, we've been part of the community since 2002. We want to be part of the community for the next 15 or 20 years as well. Well, uh, guys, um, thank you for that. We'll uh, certainly, the funding, uh, we see this the Chamber as a catalyst project for the region. Uh, it will uh, no doubt, obviously subject to board approval, but it will be no doubt be on our list, our wish list as part of the state government uh, election platform. Um, to provide direction and certainty on this on on this issue, and you know we want to acknowledge and recognise the significant contribution you played, not only to the community but to, in particular to the small business community. So thanks, guys, for your time today, and uh, hopefully we'll chat again soon. Thanks, Todd. Yeah, thanks a lot. Well.